What's up, Purpose Finders? I hope y'all are having an amazing day or night, depending on when you're listening. But today's episode has Mr. Ruben Aguilar on it. He is a former service member and the first one that I've had on this podcast. And I'm very, very excited for y'all to hear his story and how he went about getting from point A to point Z of where he is right now. This is probably one of the realest episodes, and it's split up into part one and part two. So I'm really excited for y'all to hear all this content, all this knowledge that he's going to drop. But specifically for this episode, he talks about his transition out of the military, as well as one of his mentors who went about changing his life for the better and gave him this all-in mantra that he goes about using today as he teaches his students. So with that being said, I I don't want to take away from his episode, but... Let's drop this intro music and get this thing started. Purpose Finders. So we're back with another episode of the Discovering Purpose podcast. And today's episode uh, features Mr. Ruben Aguilar. So a little bit about him. Uh, He was Riverside Community College District's Alumni of the Year, uh, former service, served in the Army. Uh, He also went about creating the Veterans Resource Center at Norco Community College, as well as having a master's in kinesiology. So that's a little bit about him. I'll let him say hello and introduce himself. But without further ado, uh, Mr. Aguilar. Hey, hey, how you doing, Archie, man? I'm excited to be on here. Uh, I think I'm more nervous because I never really talked to a D1 football player, before, <laughs> let alone Boise State. Man, that's huge. I, I, I feel like I just went pro kind of. So I'm, I'm excited to be on this, on this uh, podcast. So thank you for having me on. Uh, I appreciate your time and, and you guys all out there are gonna hear my story. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, all righty. So the first question that I always ask uh, every guest is what does purpose mean to you or how would you go about defining purpose? Oh, that's a good question. Purpose, um, to me, I, I break it down into three, a three letter word and okay. that's the word uh, why. Mm-hmm. So why, like why, what is your why behind you're doing this? And for yeah. me, it took really a long time to kind of establish my why and the real meaning the, uh, of why I wanted to do what I wanted to do that led to my purpose yeah. behind me doing some of these things. Okay. Um, I was once part of this uh, multi-level marketing company and uh, they always talked about, you know, your why, like do it for your why. And what mm-hmm. is your why to you? It has to be super something super strong and super deep in my time looking back at that time that my why was, you know, obviously my family, my kids, um, I you know, having success and, and, yeah. and being somebody, uh, and, and coming out of the, of the community that I come out of, it's not that it's not easy to, to be somebody. Yeah. Um, so, you know, understanding my purpose as to why I want to do this as to why I want to be an educator as to why I want to be a, a leader in my community. Um, hopefully that, that, that drives my purpose to be a, a one, a, a better person, a better father, uh, and then a better leader. So, you know, purpose to me is, is deep. It, it, it starts from me growing up in, in the area that I grew up in to, to now. Yeah. Um, and for me living out, you know, God's word and, and God's plan for me, man. 
No, respect. I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's super dope. That's super dope. So you talked about your initial area that you grew up in. I just know from like having little conversations with you and just kind of like doing a little background homework that it wasn't like the 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 best area growing up in, which that kind of played a role, but then you kind of wanting to do the army. So like one thing I want to ask is like, what was that process like of you deciding you wanted to get within the army? Oh, that's a good question. So I come from a underprivileged uh, low income community. Yeah. Um, there's black and brown minority community. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, it was it was street gangs, drugs and, you know, running the streets. There really, yeah. really wasn't that much to do. There were sports to do, uh, which I, I done the entire time I, I grew up. But street gangs was a big uh, thing within my own family from. Yeah my dad to my grandparents to my uncles, aunts, cousins, like everybody yeah. was involved in, in, a, in the street gang. Yeah. So I was kind of born into the street life, I guess you would say. Got you. However, I was never, I never had to really go out and prove who I was or who my last name was because yeah. of some of the work that my uncles did, some of the work <laughs> that my cousins did. So it was, it was always like, oh, that's what's his name's cousin. And that's, you know, like that's yeah. his family, da, da, da. So I never really had to go out there and prove myself in a sense. Yeah. Um, so I kind of had the opportunity to like run the streets and then like, I could still go play football too. And I yeah. still, <laughs> um, but you know, growing up, I, it, I was always into like, man, I, I want to have, you know, a nice pair of shoes on and I want to, mm-hmm. I like having money in my pocket yeah. and looking around at, at my family. It was, uh, you know, that nine to five job. And, you know, at the end of the month, it's like, everyone's broke and I'm, I'm listening to my, my parents and aunts and uncles in, in conversation with, can I borrow money? Can I do it? Borrow this? Can I have that? Like I have to do school shopping or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it was always like something involved around money and not having money money yeah. to me. It was always like, man, why, like, why yeah. don't, like, why do we fall in this predicament every single month? <laughs> um, so when it came to the military, my senior year, like I, I talked about it before. I was a terrible student, man. I was yeah. not a good student in high school. I was always looking like for the fast route out. Like, how do I get out of school as fast as I can? Especially <laughs> after football season, my senior year, I was like in and out of school, taking the yeah. class I had to. And then bam, I had off that campus pass and I was gone. Um, <laughs> so when it came around to like taking SATs and ACTs, one, I had no idea what those were. Yeah. Uh, and then when I did ask about it, it was like, oh, you got to take this test to go to college. And I was like, well, I'm not going to college. <laughs> Have you seen my grades? No, college is definitely not for me. Um, so I never really took those tests. Yeah. One day I'm sitting in a class called Con- uh, Consumers Law and these military people walk in and they start telling me all these opportunities, um, you know, about the military and you can travel and, you know, you get paid and they showed me a cool like war video. And at the time, this is 2004, like the yeah. war in Iraq had just started. And I was like, oh man, like, this is really cool. You mean you're going to pay me to do what some of the people are already doing on, on the streets? Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> uh, so I went to the recruiter that day and I was like, I want to do whatever you showed me earlier on that video. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Like I, I want to do that. Like sign me up. I want to be an infantryman. I, I want to go fight. Um, wow. So they're like, well, you got to pass this ASVAB test. And I was like, yeah. Oh no, another another test, test. (laughs) right? And they're like, the good thing about it is that you can get out of class one day in high school and we're going to go down there on this date and you're out of class all day. Once you're done, like you're free to go. And I was like, Mm -hmm. sign me up. Yep. Perfect. I don't got to go to class. So (laughs) once again, I'm in the test and I'm just doing, you know, the bare minimum on the test. I'm not really 
paying attention. That's just who I was <clears throat> back then. And I barely scored high enough to be an infantryman, which is like the lowest score yeah. you can do on that as it. I couldn't do anything cool, like go fly a plane or do yeah. any technology. <laughs> uh, so I barely like got in to be uh, 11 Bravo infantryman. Yeah. I ended up signing up and I go through the MEPS process. And and that's really how I found the military. Yeah. And, and that was really my way out. Okay. Uh, you know, going up in, in, in high school, I watched my brother go to RCC, uh, the Riverside uh, school and i would hear him like he would be home when i was home and i'm like dude don't you have school and like oh yeah, yeah i already went like our teacher said we don't have anything to do and then the report card comes and my parents are i can hear like conversation downstairs and they're they're yelling at him for failing all his classes yeah and so that stuck with me man i heard that for like a good year my brother just really like got i mean he just pissed away college for the first yeah. year right and just was gone all the time yeah. And I was able to hear that as a high school, uh, as a se- as a senior in high school. And I'm like, dude, I- I'm not ready for college. I'm not yeah. going to do the same thing. Like, this is my way out. Like, this is my ticket. I'm getting out of Rubido. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I could get college paid for later on. Yeah. I'm gone. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so that was, that's really how the military came about, yeah. man. No, that's wild. So I think it's cool the fact that I mean, it started off with you just wanting to escape and want more, it sounds like. Yeah. And the military gave you that out. And I wish those were like, I don't know if I could ever do the military, especially being 11 Bravo, because yeah. like that's that's a lot. That's a lot of work, man. It's like for me personally, I don't know if I can handle that. But like for, for you to have that insight back then, especially growing up in the neighborhood that you grew up in, like being surrounded by that, I think that's, like, that's wild because... I mean, me personally, like I've seen, cause I used to work at a group home with at-risk youth. Oh yeah. And like, again, like they come from bad neighborhoods to the point to where like, I mean, they're selling, like they're selling stuff just so they could feed their own families at home. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's just crazy to hear that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's always like wild when like they talk to you about wanting to join the military because it kind of gives that, that aspect of freedom. And it gives you like that, that avenue to where you can just kind of escape from like that status quo and kind of build your own life the way you want it to. So I think that's awesome. You utilized it too. Like you you utilized it. Yeah, no. And and then again, like my parents, I don't know how they were paying. Like my brother was able to go through financial aid. Yeah. So it wasn't like, I knew my parents didn't have the money for college. Like I would, I would listen to you know, some of the girls walk around and, oh, I got UCLA and this. I'm like, what? I don't even know what that is. Like, it's like <laughs> I'm going to college, right? That sounds expensive. And, and yeah. I really knew, like, for me, I, I was working at Kmart at the time. And I was just, you know, pushing carts and, you know, doing like the register, the register stuff. Yeah. But like, I didn't have a future for me. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do as a high school senior, which is yeah. common and, and yeah. nothing wrong with that. Um, but I didn't see anything else outside of the military that day they came in and had that conversation with me. Like I knew I couldn't go to college and and succeed. And like, I was getting like 200 bucks for Kmart, (laughs) man. I wasn't getting anything. So I like, I was like, man, you guys, like, this is it for me. This is my ticket. I'm out of here. Yeah. And it sounds like I'm going to get paid. It may not be much, but I'm traveling. You guys said I get free food. And you're going to give me some clothes and some yeah. boots. Let's go. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and at that time I was young minded and, you know, little street minded behind me, but yeah. I wasn't 
afraid uh, of any of that. I, yeah. I played sports my whole life growing up. So to me, I knew the physical aspect was going to be hard, but to me, I was like, and you ain't never going to be harder than one of my football coaches. I got yeah. right. That was my mindset going in. They was way harder than that. Yeah. I was going to yeah, say basic training. Than, sounds but I was like always be... up for the challenge. I was okay. always up for the challenge. So okay. I actually had a good time in basic training. They shipped me off to, so I like graduated uh 2004 and then uh they shipped me off to basic training i went to uh fort benning georgia oh you're on okay yeah i walked off that bus at, <laughs> or the plane in atlanta we got on the bus and i was yeah. like oh my gosh i can't breathe what is this <laughs> humidity we just talked about this right yeah, humidity man. i'm sweating i was like there's no way you guys are gonna have me run <laughs> so yeah that's a whole nother story but yeah oh, i was man. in fort benning, georgia for basic training man the home of the infantryman school yeah that's awesome yeah that's cool okay so so you you become an 11 bravo um you go about like doing like tours and things like that but when you get to that that point to where it's like okay i gotta transition out of this like what was your transition out of the army like oh so getting out of so i came back from deployment on injury uh, i mm -hmm. got really bad um so i was like in the hospital trying to recover at the time yeah. and then during that time, I had like a year left on my contract. Yeah. And they were trying to med board me, like medical medical board out. And I, yeah. I once again, just young minded, man, I was like, no, you are not going to med board me out. You're going to ruin my life. Yeah. I want to be a cop and they ain't going to let me do any of this stuff. Right. <laughs> because they're going to say you were medically, uh, you were med board out of the military. How, yeah. how are you going to be a cop? Um, so I denied all of this stuff. So now I'm like, man, I could have double pension. Right. But, it wasn't really about the money. It was more of like, no, nope, I don't want to be med boarded. I kind of wanted to stay in, uh, but physically I couldn't stay in. Like yeah. I, I was pretty uh, jacked up at the time. So they were like, okay, then just finish off your term and you get out. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I was married at the time. I had my first son. I was like yeah. 20, 21, turning 22 years old. And I was yeah. like, man, what am I going to do? Um, so <laughs> going, getting out of the military, you have all these different transition processes uh, that you have to go to and meet. And one of them was going to talk to the national guard. Yeah. And the, and the guy kind of schooled me up like, dude, you're a young, you're a young cat getting out of the military. Like you need to think about your life, your son, like, won't you reenlist your mm -hmm. son has already has medical conditions. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, okay, so one, you can reenlist. I'm like, I'm not going to reenlist. They're not going to let me Yeah. Two, you go in the national guard and you keep your benefits. And I was yeah. like, Oh, Sign me up for the National Guard. They're like, all yeah. right, I got a $10,000 signing bonus. Perfect. I'm in. So I signed <laughs> up for the National Guard, got out of the military. I left Fort Richardson, Alaska, came back down, moved to Riverside. And then uh, I was just trying to find normal jobs, man. Yeah. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I had the GI Bill underneath my belt. But I, once again, I was kind of scared to go back to college, Yeah. go back to school because I was, you know, I didn't do anything in the in the military to make me any smarter, like prep mm. me for, for college. Um, so I was trying to be, I was actually trying to be an armed guard for like um, the Brinks company because okay. I was like, that's transferable to what I was already doing in the military. I'm going to get hired. <laughs> I had to take tests and I wasn't doing good on those tests. <laughs> <laughs> and so things just started hitting me, man, in the yeah. face. And uh, then I was like, okay, I'm going to be a cop. So I went to go apply for the cop thing. Once again, the test started getting me. Yeah. Nope, you're not going to do this. Um, so I, I found Norco College and I found, RC, I mean, I always knew about RCC, but I, yeah. I was like, I got to roll into college. So I go, 
I take my placement test, man. And once again, reality smacked me, dude. And I did good on like the, the math part, but not college level math. Um, but the English was really where it was like, man, what did you do your whole life? Cause yeah. that placement test, I tested into a class called 60 a, which was uh, sentences to paragraph. Mm-hmm. So like, I didn't even understand where to put a comma, where to put a period, like yeah. basic, how to write a simple sentence the right way. Jeez. That's the class I started in Jeez. that placement test coming in into Norco college. And, you know, I started utilizing my benefits. So I was able to get paid from the military at the time and still support my family. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was my transition out and, and how I found college. Man. So like, this is just me just kind of spitballing because like the whole transition out of like sport or like military is something that I'm honestly like starting to really get passionate about. Yeah. What makes it so difficult to successfully like transfer out, whether that's, I mean, like from a military setting, I mean, I only know like the sporting, the sporting like setting of like transitioning out, but like what makes it so difficult transitioning out from the military? Uh, I think, I think it kind of goes hand to hand to be honest with you because um i've worked with athletes at cbu mm-hmm. so you know and an athlete and a military person almost has the same daily schedule as 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 far as what i know and this is early morning workouts you have set schedule to go to class or study hall then you have probably another study hall or tutor or team meetup yeah and you got practice and then it's time for schoolwork yeah military <laughs> early morning workouts it's kind of waiting around to be told what to do. Right. So you're really not thinking you're just kind of waiting for orders. Um, and then whatever else has to be wrapped up for the rest of the day. And then you transition back to your normal, I guess, civilian life. So I think we're always on this schedule, man. And we're ran by the schedule and the biggest struggle for me was the commodity. Yo, like I, I hear you hundred percent yes because you can't find you don't find it anywhere else no man so i would get off of work and you know everyone's off work and i once again i'm sure you lived in the dorms in in uh Mm -hmm. and it's like a big hotel so picture this huge hotel for those of you who are not in the military or ever played you know sports this huge hotel all these doors and all of your friends live in that hotel yep so there's like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's go to Aguilar's room. Let's go to Ganser's yeah. room. Let's go to Ramirez's room. And let's go see what they're doing and what they're yeah. getting into. So every day after work, there was a brotherhood. There was somebody there, like a, like another family member, I guess you would say, to go do something. Yeah. And they wanted to do something because they were just as bored as you. Yeah. Uh, so that, <laughs> like, man, you have your boys around you. You have people that you're in the trenches with you're grinding with at football practice in, in the military out in the field at the range yeah. um, doing live fire with these guys like yeah yeah let's go eat dinner and it feels yeah. good to go out there and express like you know yeah. and at that time you'd get your mind off of off of work for us it would be and we talk about being back home and the things we did back home but we always knew that if something happened, and I don't know why I always think like this, something something went down. Yeah, I got six dudes right here about to have my back. Yeah, and I know each and every one of them is willing to die for me. Yeah, why I think like that, I don't know. I, I'm just I, I'm born I'm born and I, I, that's what I was raised in and I was brought up on. And, and being and dude being deployed is even worse. Mm-hmm. That transition coming back home was was tough, man, and I. I was in a combat zone. I, yeah. I obviously I'm an 11 Bravo. So 
You know, it, it wasn't easy coming, seeing what we saw over there and doing the things that we did. Yeah. And then coming back home and everyone's like, oh, welcome back. I'm so happy. And we're like, whoa, like slow down. Jeez, yeah. This, this is wild. So like I, I hit an ugly stage coming out of the military. It, it was hard to, to even find myself and like, you know, you wake up and like, what do I do? Yeah. Because that schedule, that that constant anxiety, yeah. and pressure to be somewhere. And you're like, you think you're always late for yep. something. <laughs> you're really not. You know, are when you, you get out, you're you like, waiting? oh my God, I got to do today. You're like, nothing. Or you wake up, you wake up in the morning, freaking out, thinking like you're late to like early morning, whatever. And it's like five in the morning, you wake up in a cold sweat, you hurry up and get dressed and look outside. And it's like, it's, it's the weekend. Like, what am I doing? It's the weekend or, you know, transition now. It's just yeah. me. Like, yeah. I'm out. And it's not, it's hard to let that sit in yeah. and, and, and really find yourself. And then the flip side of that is you start getting depressed and you start missing yeah. that stuff. And you're like, yeah dude, like, what did I just do? Yeah. And, and how am I going to get that feeling back of, of being busy with everybody and of always having happen. something to do? Yeah. And then you try to transition to the civilian sector and you're trying to do jobs and all this stuff. And it's just not the same. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred. Like I agree with that a hundred percent. And I think like you said, like the camaraderie is big, the scheduling is big. And I think, Another thing that I personally found that was like very big once you kind of leave out of sport is getting comfortable with yourself and then figuring out your next step. Because a lot of times you're always so busy that you never have to like think about like you, you're just thinking about what I have to do. Yes. Yes. That like, schedule is there for you. So, yeah. you know, there's all these tasks that you have to hit and you have to hit those tasks. Yeah. So I like, I would love hiring a military member or, or another collegiate athlete because they understand priorities. They understand yeah. deadlines. Yeah. And I see that in my classes with athletes is when there's a deadline, there's a deadline and there's no ifs, ands, buts. I'm tired. I'm sick. It's, and then yeah. in the military, man, it's even worse. Like <laughs> if you're not there or you don't meet that deadline, it, yeah. it's bad news for you. Like yeah. bad news. You just don't <laughs> want to do that. So you yeah. kind of learn to prioritize different things and, and the generation now is completely different so for sure it's hard to understand that and for me to lower myself i mean even people's work work ethic yeah you take a collegiate athlete and a military person you go into the civilian sector and you go into work their work ethic the camaraderie isn't there so yeah. once again you find yourself like man i was just you know that word behind me the all-in word is like yeah. I, I was just around 10 other dudes who are my close friends yeah. and we were all in for yeah. anything it was like we would race to see who could eat the fastest like <laughs> it was always something dumb but yeah. it made the day go by yeah um so in, in in the civilian world you don't you don't have that yeah like nobody really it seems like no one cares like oh man. oh i I'll just, you know, I didn't get to it today. It's not a big deal or yeah. that's way too much work for me. It's like, man, it's just different. You have like, no idea. You have no idea. It's just different. I can only imagine how it is like for like in a military setting, because like I said, once you like, if you miss the camaraderie and the scheduling, like that's hard, like in and of itself. But then like, like I said, adding on that extra factor where you have to figure out who you are other than like, a service member or an athlete like that's that's like a 
big old challenge in of itself because like that forces you to sit in a spot to where like you have to look yourself in the mirror and be like okay what am i like who am i yeah and that's absolutely right and and then if you don't have those answers once again you look at depression yeah look at anxiety you look at suicide rates we're 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 living in a pandemic right now i can only imagine how it is to be an athlete and a service member getting out and transitioning and then everyone's by themselves at home like yeah it's just it's 10 times worse so yeah. I, the link and, and the fix for that it, it's tough man yeah. it, it's tough but having a place like an athlete center or athlete club or or even i don't know something where yeah. people could go and congregate and, and like man i feel like i feel like i'm at home right now yeah. and maybe that can be something that's developed on a campus i'm hoping maybe that's so. something that could be developed you know, in the city somewhere mm-hmm. for, for, for military vets or, or, or athletes. And, and you know what, to be honest with you, I can see the relationship with a collegiate athlete and a military service member. Because for sure. It's kind of the same, completely different worlds though. Completely was, different games we're playing. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> and there's no reset button. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be actually a really dope program. Yeah. Like to mix yeah. the student athlete or like an athlete in general with that service member while they're both in that transition phase. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, although it may be different, like, like you said, the games are, it's not wins or losses, it's life or death in some scenarios. Yeah. But like having that camaraderie kind of coming back would be kind of cool. Like I've never thought of it that way, but that would be really dope. Yeah, man. Well, well, if you think about it, you know, it's life or death for us, win or lose for you guys. But I think what about the pressure? It's yeah. the same pressure. Yeah. It's the same pressure going on to a mission. It's the same pressure you guys are getting going into some type of bowl game or big yeah. championship game. That's a week of just stress and anxiety. Same thing like for us, we didn't have a week to prepare. It was like, hey, this mission, then the next mission. But that pressure leading up to that mission yeah. is is very similar to the pressure that you guys go through. It's like, man, I can't mess up. Like I have to be on game right now. Yeah. If this person does this, I need to do this, right? And same thing with the military. If, if this happens, we need to react this way. And, yeah. and I mean, I can I, I see both worlds align just a little. You just got to put them into yeah. context, uh, and, and it that's makes wild. sense. No, that's you got me thinking right now. But I'm gonna come back. <laughs> I'm gonna come back to this later because I'm thinking yeah, about yeah. that now. But okay, we got we got a little bit of a tangent. But okay, so you you're on your transition process and um, one person that I heard you talk about in like one of your videos was uh, Janet Fruing. Yeah. And it sounded like she played a big role in your like, like cementing your transition process from like military to civilian life. And I would love to hear like that story or how that came about and what she did for you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm out of the military. I just got out. Um, I'm like a year out and I'm trying to find all these jobs, like I was saying, and then really identify who I was. And I went back to college. I got my placement test. I enrolled into college my first semester and I find Janet Fearing as my math teacher. Um, during that time, um, my dad was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. So this is October 16th. Um, he gets diagnosed with, with liver cancer and I'm going to college my first semester. I'm finally starting to find a groove for like who I am and, and what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and that happens. Boom. Your dad's about to, you know, stage four, you know, we're, we're praying, we're, we're going to the doctors, we're, we're doing everything we possibly can. So I'd get yeah. out of school and 
you know, we're cooking for him. We're making sure he has a special water and like doing everything that people have like, you know, I heard if you, uh, if you sleep on this soft pillow that it, it's going to get rid of cancer, like let's go buy the pillow, yeah. like anything, a- any type of remedy yeah. that people came up with, we were in like, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my life was busy and I was just finally starting to be happy though, yeah. like going to college and then bam, that hit me. Um, so December 6th comes, my dad dies. Man. So October 16th gets diagnosed, December 6th, boom, gone, Jeez. dead. And uh, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, that's it. I, yeah. I don't even know where I'm at. I'm in a dark place. I go back to, to school and my mom is freaking out. And I mean, everyone's freaking out. So I'm like, I, I can't continue with school. There's way too much to, to happen now. Like I, I'm moving back into my parents' house. Yeah. And I need to help. And, you know, I need to help my mom with the bills and all this stuff. Yeah. So uh, I go back and I'm like, I got to drop school, mom. I have that conversation with my mom. I'm like, hey, I got, I got, I'm going to quit school. I'm going to help. Like, don't worry about it. I'm going to be here now full time. Like, you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Um, so I go to Norco and I walk into this English class and she's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, hey, I'm, I, you know, I lost my, my dad and she's like okay cool boom like good luck sorry to hear that here you go drop the class i'm like all right perfect this is gonna yeah. be awesome for me i need to hurry up and get out of here anyway i go to janet Furing's class and once again i pull her aside i'm like hey uh i gotta drop the class like, i got I, I just lost my dad and you know i got a lot of things to do and i can't be in college right now and yeah she like stops everything she does and she pulls me out onto these stairs that that I, I teach on now. Like I'm in the same, <laughs> I'm in the same area, dude. That's that full circle. Pulled me out to, yes. And uh, she's like, Ruben, like, you know, I really didn't even know her. She really didn't even know me. We were like yeah. two months into the semester and she was like, you can't stop. Like you got to keep going. Oh, yeah. And I have a similar story and I lost my mom when I was in college and da, 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 da. And I, you know, I didn't quit. And that's not what your dad would want for you. And you have to dedicate your educational career to him. Yeah. And th- when I, I heard that, it it was like the things behind me, poker yeah. chips, everything. I'm all in. Yeah. That's it. Like, there's no turning back from here. And yeah, it, a, she was yeah. getting on me like, yeah, like how I wish that family members got on me. You yeah. know, like, wow, you keep going. You know, you can still, you can do it. And she was just like, I'm not going to sign that thing. Like, you need to continue to go. And, and. Yeah dedicate your educational career to your dad and make him proud. Like this is what he would want for you not to drop yeah. out and do all this other stuff. And dude, I'm just like a light bulb. I'm telling you. And I was like, I'm all in. Here's yeah. everything that I got Norco. I'm in. Yeah. And from there, man, I start like, she was a major, like a major influencer on me continuing and to really have that all in mindset where it's like, I'm going to give everything I got. And once I find out what I want to do, and luckily I ended up finding that out at Norco College. Yeah. This isn't the last time you're going to see this face. I promise you that. That's I'm awesome. That. Like, I'm coming. So, like, yeah. just be ready. And uh, <laughs> I'm from there, man. I did. That's so, man. Yo, that, well, thank you for sharing that. And also, that's crazy. I think. Yeah. Like whether, whether you're like a believer or not, I think it's crazy how, I mean, some people call it like faith, some people call it destiny, but I think it's crazy how God will put certain people in your life and those moments, like those, those key pivotal moments. 100%. And like, 
you you have no reason why that that person's there or why they're why they're talking to you or or anything like that and sometimes it just pops up and it changed like how you said it changed everything for you like it changed your whole mindset towards everything just having that one person like I think it's crazy how that happens like I've witnessed it myself so in my head hearing your story and like how that played out and that's where I found my purpose (laughs) like that was it that was my all-in that was my purpose to continue with school that was my and I didn't know this at the time yeah. but reflecting back to see like what point in your life changed things for yeah. you that was it that was it <laughs> who knows where like I honestly don't know as dark of a place that I was yeah. at that time I don't know where where I would have been you know now today yeah and and to be honest with you I lost my dad December 6th and then the next month I went through a divorce. Man. And like I said, I don't know. I, I, I this is just being honest. I, I don't even know if I'd be here today. That's Man. how dark it was for me. Yeah. Like mil- coming out of Iraq, being injured, mil- uh, hospital, um, coming home and losing, like you feel like you lose everything, you know, yeah. like all your friends, all your buddies are gone. My dad, and then that happened. And then it was like, cool. Thankfully, yeah. The grass is greener on the other side, man. Because yeah. this sounds weird too, but like a month later, I met my wife now. And the grass <laughs> is greener on the other side. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It happened like that, man. Yo. If you want me to be transparent and honest? That's the honest truth. Man. I went out, me and my wife are are we're friends from high school so we knew each other we ended yeah. up running to each other i'm telling you like a month later after all this and that was it it was history man Yo, and God so looks crazy. I, I owe a lot to my wife too because yeah. she dealt with me during some of the darkest times of my yeah. life and like dark dark yeah. ugly times yeah um, so yeah man finding that that all in though yeah. point was like i'm ready let's do this yeah I'm running. You guys better watch okay. out. <laughs> so that's wild, man. Yeah. That's okay. So this all in approach, it gets like developed within you. Mm-hmm. Once you get this all in approach, is that when you went about uh, kind of spearheading or creating the Veterans Resource Center? Or was that? Yeah, no, that that was definitely had led to me uh, establishing my benefits and getting yeah. off you know, I was unemployed at the time. So I was yeah. like, I need to get this money. Yeah. California BAH wasn't cheap. It was like, how do I get this? Like, I'm a full-time yeah. student. Let's go. Like, what's up? Mm-hmm. We're briefed in the military that when we get out, we just go to the Veteran Resource Center and, you know, there's going to be somebody to help you and yeah. they're going to walk you through the process. Well, it wasn't like that when I got out. Like, there yeah. was, everyone was trying to figure out, you know, um, what to do at that time. I guess mm-hmm. there wasn't that many veterans in Norco and, and shout out to uh, Edward Alvarez, man. He, and still to this day, he's a big mentor of mine. And, and I, and I give him once again, another person like Janet Fearing, there's Edward Alvarez. There's a, there's a list of people. Okay. Um, but he was definitely one of them who he was the, the guy in charge of, of our benefits and yeah. he really didn't have the answers, but he was willing to stand next to us in those trenches and move yeah. forward through administration to establish a veterans resource center, to to be our voice behind from that student to employee to administer our administrative uh, voice to to launch something bigger. 
So yeah. it was Edward Alvarez. You talk about Zena Chacon, like they were the, they, that's a counselor and then an employer at the time for the district. And without those two key people, yeah. then meeting Dr. Green and, and having that, uh, that conversation with Dr. Green, maybe it wouldn't have been started. Yeah. But they were the, they were, and those all, it's crazy because all those people are still in my life today. That's a lot. Uh, it, 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 it's crazy, but they're, they're still in my life today. We're still yeah. really good friends and, and we, we communicate with each other. And Ed actually helped me with the hiring process and did mock interviews with me through Zoom. Mm. Like, I love that guy. I owe him a lot. <laughs> and you talk about Dr. Uh, Zena Chacon. She's like a, a mom to me, man. I love that. She's a counselor. And, and that's where I found the Puente program in, uh, you know, the program for for men of color and, and yeah. you know, getting back into that camaraderie with yeah. a bunch of other people who are first generation college students. Yeah. She put me in Puente and I was like, this is awesome. I couldn't thank any of them enough. So I hope you all enjoyed part one of today's episode. I want to give a big shout out to Mr. Aguilar for being so open and vulnerable when telling his story. As men, we're typically told not to do that. But the only way to go about breaking stigma and to holistically just get better overall as people, I mean, we have to we have to be open and vulnerable with ourselves and with our stories. If you want to get in contact with Mr. Aguilar, I'm going to have a link to his social media down below. And like Nipsey said, find your purpose or you're wasting air. Have a great day, Purpose Finders.